Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. I touched on it just before the end of the show yesterday because it was announced yesterday that the cost of a postage stamp in Ireland will rise to €1.25. It was one ten. It was a euro, then one ten. Now another quick rise to one twenty-five. And you do recall at Christmas time, we asked you to send your Christmas cards in to me and I got hundreds of them. And I wrote back to everybody who sent in to me and sent a card back as well. And it was fantastic. But I honestly feel that... Um, that it was really the exception rather than the rule. And let me tell you, and Louise will verify this, won't you, Miss Walsh, what I'm holding here in my hand. This is ironic as well. I mentioned this. I was expecting one more card, wasn't I? You were. You were holding on to that hope that it would uh, That it would it? eventually arrive. And believe it or not, it's so timely today because we're going to talk about letter writing and posting, etc. and the, the impact this might have. This letter was posted in Australia on the 12th of the 12th. 21 at 21 hours 27 minutes it's all on it there so the 12th of December and it's arrived in LMFM for me on the 2nd of February this year so there you go I'll open it I'm not just going to open it yet I'm just going to always get red envelopes by the way (laughs) it's a lovely red envelope (laughs) it's in it as well isn't it but uh, you have letters by the way I just want to mention our Miss Louise Walsh has an Australian connection with letter writing haven't you Uh, Yeah, I've all my letters that I received from when I was in Australia from all friends and family across the world at the time. You have America, Ireland, England. Yeah, every single one of them. Kept all of the letters. Yeah. And so I was just actually looking over them this morning um, when you mentioned we do this. And some of them are very, very special because there's some people who have passed away that have sent me letters. So rereading them, it's just so lovely to have that I kept on to them. I so slag you. 97, 1997. From 1997. Yeah, 1997, 1998, you were right. out there uh, in Australia. Mm. I slag you for being a hoarder, <laughs> yeah. don't I? But I commend you today because of that lovely connection with those people. It's just, it's so priceless. To yeah, it's them, priceless yeah. to and have them. And they have well. their handwriting. Yeah. But here's the thing. When is the last time you've written a letter? <laughs> Uh, probably 1997 <laughs> yes yes. I write the shopping list that's about it you know I love <laughs> I, I get the odd letter here as well written in to me I do you know and I would say a fair few over the year but certainly in the minority but today Louise people text whatsapp even a phone call's nearly got out of date at this stage but I just wonder and I ask listeners today you're listening to me today is there anybody we've, we've mentioned this before but I want to just say it again and ask the question 
Is there anybody out there writes letters consistently? Or perhaps a real long shot may have a pen pal. Do you have a pen pal? I know we spoke about this before and we did have some people who still wrote to people regular. But I wonder, here we are, 2022, and in the context of the stamp price rise, will this be the nail in the coffin for letter writing? Do you write letters? Have you a pen pal? Let us know. Come on. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show or you can call in on 041 Now, we have a lovely lady standing patiently by to have a word with me when I tell you that she has 684 members in 29 countries, including little old Ireland. She is the founder of the Letter Writing Appreciation Society, Dinah Johnson. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Well, 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 you tell me. You have quite a, a hall of members there. So it's not dead and buried letter writing. Oh, no, absolutely not. Oh, I know. I mean, the price of stamps going up always makes me my heart sink because I think, oh, you know, it does price people out. But um, I think with the last couple of years we've gone through and the pandemic and people being disconnected, people have turned to letter writing again. And But even before that, we were championing a, a handwritten letter revival. And it was amazing to find that there were so many letter writers out there. They, they are still out there. I think you'll be inundated with people saying that they've had pen pals or they do have pen pals and they write letters all the time so um yeah people hold the handwritten letter really dearly i think it's really deep enough like you like louise was saying about her letters that she treasures and that she's kept for all those years there just is nothing like it at all really no there isn't and i don't care what technology comes and goes i may be showing my age here but there really isn't anything like to be able to pick it up and, and read it yet again. Tell us about your society. How did it come about and, 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 and what's the purpose? How do members uh, interact? Of course, they write. I know that for sure. But give us a bit of background to you. Well, um, so I had all this enthusiasm for letter writing. So this was back in 2000. Well, I've always written letters, but back in 2017, I think, what can I do with all this? You know, I just love writing letters. I felt frustrated. I mean, love the digital world. The society is not against, you know, Facebook and Twitter and mm. all the different social media platforms. And, you know, that they are really useful tools, but they're, it's quite frustrating and you have to be quite resilient to, to use all those. And, you know, I just felt that it was all... You know, generations of people missing out on getting handwritten letters. I don't know. Well, like you said, when you get something through the post, I've got in front of me, I've got two letters I got today that I haven't opened yet. And they're just sitting here. And it's just to remind, you know, every time they come through, it reminds me how special they are when you get one to have something tangible. Um, so I had all this enthusiasm and I didn't know what to do with it. And I don't know, there's all sorts of other appreciation societies. So have you heard of the Cloud Appreciation Society? Yes, uh, there's, yes. there's the Telegraph Pole Appreciation <laughs> Society. You know, there's all these eccentric clubs out there but um i just had this sort of like oh i could i could set up the handwritten letter appreciation society so i the first thing i did was i came back and googled it to see whether there was you know was whether it existed already and because it didn't i set up a website because that's the way people you know find things these mm. days and it was just about getting people to write letters again to inspire them and encourage them and and so we're not really a, we're not a pen pal club yes. it's um more of a movement to get people to write letters yeah. again and it's not to say you've got to write a letter every day every day is a letter writing day but you don't have to write one every day you know it's just saying that you could write one to somebody 
that you want to mm. every now and again. It doesn't mean you have to constantly write letters. That would be a burden, I think. Mm. Well, I have to tell you, my wife is the one who is fantastic at sending the Christmas cards and receiving them. I send very few, but I was very busy this year from what we did here on the show. But she does, and every year she receives, and maybe it's the only contact they have in the air firm, uh, girls she trained with, uh, worked with over the years at home and abroad, and you'll see the little letters included with the card. I think that's lovely. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I was thinking about the letter that took two months. Was it two months to get to yes, you? Yes, I have it here beside me. Hey, do you know what? Do you know what? You have two letters. Uh, have you opened your post today? I opened one, if okay. I'm honest. But I've got two left. Okay, well, listen. Just, stay, just hang on that point there for a minute. Hold on. I am actually opening the envelope here as I speak. Yes, it was posted on the 12th of December in Australia. I have a set of an idea. It says, a Christmas wish from Australia. And it says, hi, Jerry. Many thanks for the hours of entertainment you provided to an emigrant like me, but more importantly to my son, David, when he visited you at LMFM Radio. Best wishes to you, your team, and a special greeting to your sister, Katrina. Lots of love from Noel and Alia. That's my cousin in Australia. I mean, I would have been very hesitant to to do that because the thing about the letter writing as well was to to get this intimacy back into our lives that we've kind of lost because, you know, social Mm. media is all about sharing and liking and we've forgotten, I think, that just one-to-one connection. So I'm glad you didn't share anything that was really (laughs) personal. You know, we don't have rules of the society, really. Anyone can join. But I think my sort of, I have a golden rule. I kind of say to not share letters that people have sent you online. That kind of puts a spanner in the works for that intimacy that I was trying to sort of rekindle in a way. But um, the thing about the letters, you know, coming two months late, in a way, I don't really mind that. You know, people mm. get all uppity about their Christmas cards not arriving before Christmas. But I'm not bothered. You know, in, in terms of the society, it's about personal letters. It's the, the adventure they've kind of gone on anyway. So it's quite exciting that it's taken that long. You kind of wonder where it's been. Yes. And, and all. And so we're not living in, you know, the 18th century where you might have needed that piece of information, you know, the next day or whenever, yeah. you know, the Victorian era. But, um so it's about personal letters, the society that I set up. I mean, I was looking at the the um, article about the, your price of stamps going up, and yep. they were talking about why it was, and it was you know fuel costs and and inflation and all of that, and they were saying that that would help for the you know if you get next day delivery. Mm. But for my personal letters, I'm I'm not too bothered about things being next day um, in that respect. Mm. Um, and I didn't know whether it was because. You know, obviously the, the inflation is the main reason, but is it because fewer people are writing letters? So yes. there's not so many people. Yes. And the, the, so the letter writers have sort of been the ones being sort of penalised. Mm, <laughs> and, 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 and that's my thought process exactly. And, you know, uh, is it a fact that the, the volumes are dropping and, you know, the rates have to go up to compensate for that? But then you're chasing something there that's going to be diminishing if it is the case over time. And where does this end? The other thing is your stamps, I see, have now a Q code. You know, they, they yeah. haven't they? They've just issued them. <laughs> that's whole, well, that's a whole different kettle of fish, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, 
my in my that makes my heart sink because I want when I do letter writing I sort of want to be away from the digital world I want to you know forget all that I, it's funny because one of the marketing things is that you can send a video with your QR yes. and you can put a personal message on it and it's kind of like well you've got the letter there that's the thing yes. that's sending the personal message and it's sort of if it is the numbers that are dropping and people sending letters then I really you know it feels like the time to go out and really inspire people and we're trying to do that with our handwritten letter revival and I'm so proud we've got 684 members mm. but I kind of think the big guns need to get, get involved now you know the actual postal services I kind of think they, they're missing they've got this this like letters they're unique they're magical they're intimate you don't have, you're not judged when you write them you know they develop our empathy and help mm. us build relationships and all of that and I, I kind of want them to sort of you know, go back to the basics about what they are and go out and, and shout that from the rooftops, really, and get people writing letters again. So, um, yeah, the big guns need to kind of come in and do a campaign and get people, yeah. you know, buying stamps again. But mm. I don't know whether it, the price hike has tipped the balance too much and it has started to price people out. But um, mm, I, I, don't, think... I don't begrudge the cost of a stamp. I never begrudge no, it. No, no. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it, it, it's not that expensive. But just every incremental rise, and it's a significant rise here, you know, by 15 cent at the moment. But I agree with you with the QR code. I was watching uh, Sally and Dan on breakfast yesterday morning, BBC, and they were talking about it and, and the implications of it as well. It was just in my mind there. I said I'd mention it to you. So, th- so look at you're open for members. How do members join? Well, they can. I, I guess again because of the digital world we work in, we live in. Um, so on the website, you can go to the joining page, and it's life membership. So it's a one-off payment. So then people get a certificate and a, a badge and a postcard and envelope to keep or send. And it's a, it's not going to be a surprise now. But for every member, I do write a little welcoming letter. So um, yeah, they get a letter as well. So yeah, it's been amazing the the sort of enthusiasm for it. I was it was unexpected. But yes. Amazing. Yes, there were the messages are coming. A flavour of what's coming into us here just before you go. Jerry, I write letters regularly. I travelled all over for two years, so I like to write lots of letters uh, with news rather than quick emails. And the stamp price doesn't bother me. Good on you, whoever you are. It's lovely to hear that. I get lots of letters from lots of different people, and I love opening them. Uh, says another listener there, and then another listener says, "I get lots of letters, but their bills. Uh, we all get those, yeah." and we all have to deal with those as well but look at long may it live long may it continue and keep on doing what you're doing Dinah it's called isn't it the letter writing letter writing appreciation society really the handwritten letter appreciation. Handwritten. So listen, oh folks, this is very important. I need a, I nearly left out the handwriting. I think I'm texting here or what's happened. It's the handwriting letter. No, the ha- go on, go on, go again. It's a bit of, it is a bit of a mouthful, but it is kind of what it says on the tin. So it's, it's the handwritten letter appreciation society. There you go. The handwritten letter appreciation society to give it its full title and everybody welcome to join. Keep on writing, keep Absolutely. on enjoying and the thrill of opening that letter as I've just done it'll never be lost in this little boy's heart anyway or yours I'm sure Dinah thank you for joining me on the show you're very welcome thank take you. care of yourself bye 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 Ah, the handwritten letter appreciation society isn't it something else yes keep your messages coming to us do you write 
Did you never write? Have you letters of old? What do you think about this? The stamp price rise, is it going to kill it all together? 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show if you want to pick up a thing called a telephone. Do you remember a thing called a telephone? You can pick it up and ring 041-983-2000. Once upon a time, there were post boxes everywhere. Not anymore, but there is a very old post box here in the northeast. I'm talking about Muller in County Meath. And to tell me more, Hugh Lynch is on the line. Hello, Hugh. How are you, Jerry? I'm good. This post box, come on, give us the history of it. Well, the post box is a, is a VR uh, post box. It's located in uh, opposite Newcastle Church uh, in the parish of minority in County Mead. Okay. I'm on a committee that's actually rena- hoping to renovate the church and do a little bit of cosmetic surgery on it to put it back into shape. Right. So this post box is opposite the church, and it's uh, it's a VR uh, post box. Uh, it's a wall box, which means that it's, it's you know it's, it's located. It's an inlet, an inset into the wall. Yep. And it was cast in uh, between the, in, in in the Victorian reign. Uh, now the Victorian reign was eighteen thirty seven to nineteen o one. So this was cast, I believe, between 1879 and 1901. Okay. So and they put this uh, royal cipher on it, the VR, that's the cipher for the man of that in rain at the time on the box, That when the box was uh, cast first. Mm. So you can understand this is a very old box. Mm. At most, it's 140 years there. Uh, at least it's 120. So... Uh, so that's the story of the box at the moment. And there are still a number of them throughout the country, I believe. Is there? Well, it's great that there's one here in the North East. And people, it's a, it's a working post box. People posted oh, and picked yeah. up from, yeah. Yeah, now we, I, I happened to be down there with Seamus Farley on Saturday and we looked at it and, and the next day's collection was on Monday. So uh, it's it's collected every day, and and whatever post is there is, is collected by the postman. And is there a little thing on it telling you when the next collection will be? Yes, there is. And yes. they they change that, do they, each day as they each, pick up each each day they have changed. Yes. Isn't that interesting that you know when the next collection is going to be? Oh, and yes. and you know size wise, what are you talking about? Would it be what a foot wide by? Three or four foot tall, that size. Of ah, well, yeah, it yeah. wouldn't be three or four foot tall. Mm. It'd, be a, it'd be a foot wide by it, maybe um, two foot tall. Yes, yes, yes. But VR, uh, Victorian era, 1879 to 1901. By God, it stood its age and the test of time as well. And please, God, it'll be there for many more years to come, Hugh. Well, you can imagine the turbulent times in our history it was around that time from... Yes. 1879. Yeah, yeah. The Civil War hit mm. 1916, the Black and Tans. And you can imagine also uh, the mothers and fathers who posted letters yes. to their families who went away and probably didn't, some didn't return or some never mm. made contact. Mm. But nevertheless, they sent letters to them yeah. from that box. My God, you know, you know the old saying of the walls could talk. If the post box could talk, by God, it would have some angle on history, as you said. There, emigration, strife, and right up to the present day, here we are coming out of another pandemic. Hugh, mind it, take care of yourself. Thanks for joining me. Okay, Jay. Thank you very God much. God bless you. Take care, Hugh Lynch. Talking to me there from Mulla.
and uh, that post box. Anyone beat that one in age-wise? God, it's there a long time, isn't it? Anyway, coming up on late lunch after two from post boxes to yellow submarines. I cod you not. It's still so important to get your booster jab if you haven't got it. And remember, you will not be able to travel abroad without the booster jab. This is a fact. And if you haven't got it, I'm going to tell you how you can get it. Because Hilltop Medical, our good friends beside us here on LMFM Radio, on the Rat Mullen Road, have a walk-in booster shot clinic this Friday. That's this Friday between 9.30 and 12 noon. That's 9.30 to 12 noon this Friday. Hilltop Medical on the Rat Mullen Road in Drogheda. You can rock up, walk in and they'll jab you with the booster. That's a great service there and uh, delighted to uh, mention it on the show this afternoon. Back to some of your comments. There's a VR box. We're talking about post boxes, old post boxes to Hugh Lynch. Uh, there's a VR box, Jerry, in Queensborough in Baltray. Nor has been on to say there's a lovely one on Market Street in Kells and it's built into the wall too. You're angry about the cost of the stamp going up. Anne says, used to post a package. Now, this is a package to my family in Oz. 2 kg, 22 euro. It's now 44 euro. That's for a package. Jeepers, that's a huge rise altogether. The cost of stamps going up 15 cent due to the cost of fuel rises. I thought all post vehicles are electric, says Jerry. Oh, an interesting point, but you have to pay for the electricity as well, Jerry. Oh, Jerry, says another listener. Post four envelopes for a fiver? My God, what's it coming to? And here's another one. Anne says, I paid two euro for cards at Christmas to England. I'm starting to rethink, Jerry. Thanks indeed. Keep your comments coming to us. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Now, I don't know whether you've ever watched a programme called George Clark's Amazing Spaces on Channel 4. It's on on Friday evenings, new series running, and it's amazing the ingenuity of people in creating places to live. And this week, Coot Hill is going to be featured. Yes, they are indeed, thanks to a very ingenious man called Ollie Gibson, who's on the line. Hello, Ollie. Hello, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm really good indeed. Well, I think of the Beatles when I think of you. Yellow Submarine. I sure I know. <laughs> <laughs> tell them, tell them the story. You're going on. You're on the show this Friday. Take us back to where this whole thing began, please. Well, look, we um, we've been running a guest house since 2014, and sure, the pandemic came along and closed us down overnight in March of 2020. So I'd always tied with the idea of doing some sort of glamping pod or a tiny house or something like that, and. <clears throat> When we were closed, I said to myself, now's the chance. Got plenty of time on our hands. We're at home. Um, I came across this old ice boat on Dundee and uh, went down to West Cork, bought it, hauled it home and started coming up with ideas then what I was going to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) So how did the lifeboat become a submarine? (laughs) Well, it's a free-fall lifeboat, so it would have came off the back of a container ship and it would have been dropped. So it, it could actually go underneath the water and bob back up again. That was the yeah. way it was designed. And when I got it home to the house, the kids started calling it a submarine. <laughs> so I says, OK, sure, we can paint it yellow. We'll put a big tail on the back of it and some fins and some little porthole windows and we'll make it look like a submarine. And it does look like a submarine. It really, really does. What about inside? What have you done? Well, I took out the engine and the gearbox and dropped the floor down to get more room inside and 
So I've put in four bunk beds, um, got them out of a scan lorry, <laughs> and it has a full-size double bed up the front. And then in the tail section that was newly fabricated, um, we have the kitchen area. So it's got a double hob and a sink and seating area and table. And um, it's got basically everything that you would get in your typical mobile home or caravan. It's 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 got all the luxuries. Good on you. And have you had occupants yet? Well, it's we only got it finished in early September last. So I guess the season was pretty yes. much over at that stage. So... Yeah, um, and we were so busy last year with the build and the filament, and mm. there was deadlines to be met every month for different stages. And then the crew came from Channel Four in September, and so after that was over, I says I need a rest now. <laughs> so I'm not gonna. It will be for rent. Yes, uh, by the Dromore River from the first of May this year. So I've already got five or six bookings in for May, and um, hopefully when the program airs on Friday. It'll it'll take off. You'll be. I'm just thinking. We were talking about mispronounced words on the show yesterday. You'll be in undaunted. I knew a fella used to say that instead of in undated. <laughs> now you're just out there reminding me that you'll be in undaunted uh, with, with inquiries after Friday. But the, 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 there's a little twist in this story. I want you to tell my listeners about how the whole George Clark's amazing spaces thing came about. You weren't thinking of that at all. No, not when I bought it. I wasn't thinking about it. But then I had a friend up in Scotland who um, um, I had got in touch with through another friend who also happened to be doing up a, a, an old lifeboat. And he sent me on the link for the, the new series, said they were looking for projects for the new series. And I said, sure, look, at I'll apply for the crack and see what happens. But not in my wildest dreams that I think we'd get accepted because with the pandemic and everything and restrictions, I said, they're not mm. going to come to Ireland, um, you know. But um, within about two hours of me sending me off, sending them off the video and the little bits of information that I had, they rang me straight back. And then casting began and I had to go through two stages of casting. And the final stage was an hour-long Zoom meeting with one of the producers and asking me what the plans were for it, what the features would be. So I told them a heap of stuff and uh, that the roof would open up and there'd be a drop-down staircase, there'd be a periscope, there'd be all these things. And uh, so when we got accepted then, I kind of, the reality, sank in, now I've got to build this thing. <laughs> and you did, you did, you yeah, did well. it. You see, you put yourself on the spot, but you came up, yeah. Trump, you delivered, the filming happened, and the end product is appearing on Channel 4 Television, Channel 4 TV, great station, George Clark's Amazing Spaces, this Friday evening. Check it out, folks. So there you are. They're not just coastal features, right in the heart of Cavan, beside the Dromore River. There is a yellow submarine. Ollie, you're a great one. Well done to you. Thanks, Jerry. And if anybody would like to, to book or make a reservation for the summer, you can uh, check it out on Instagram, hashtag yellow submarine glamping. There's only one way to finish this chat today, Ollie. Away we go with the Beatles. Thank you, Ollie. Hey, In the town you. where I was born lived a man who sailed to sea and he told of his life in the land of submarines so we sailed unto the sun till we found the sea of green and we lived beneath the waves 
And talking about wonderful shows, well, the accolades just keep coming for the documentary The Missing Children. The extraordinary and moving stories of some of the children who survived life at Chew Mother and Baby Home and the search for the truth about what happened to those who disappeared and uh, a woman who played a big part in that. She sits in for me when I'm away here on Late Lunch. Alison O'Reilly is on the line. Hello, Alison. Hi, Jerry. Thanks very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Not at all. And good to hear from you too. Uh, Royal Television Society TV Journalism Awards. Woohoo! I know. I know it's quite a big deal. You know, um, I suppose that documentary was aired in uh, in the UK as well on ITV and Sundance in America and then, of course, RTE as well. So um, it's a huge honour to be even nominated because we're in a category with Panorama and Sky News, you know, all the, mm. all the greats. Um, so it's it's really, uh, it's just fantastic to, to, to get the nod. Mm, well, you know what? It deserves to be rubbing shoulders with all those uh, greats because it is fantastic. And you were there, of course, at the very beginning when uh, the genesis of this story started to to emerge and you've been with it right through uh, as well. It's a great feeling. It gives you a, a great lift, doesn't it? I know from experience myself, it's a great lift. It is. It is a great lift, Terry. You're right. It is. It is. And I suppose particularly as well for the for the subject, you know, it's a story we're still battling to get to the end with, if there's ever going to be an end, because we're still waiting for this mass grave in Galway to be excavated, despite loads of mm. meetings and public consultations and test excavations and all this. You know, the, the fact remains that um, hundreds of children are lying in a septic tank in Tume and you know, all these years on from that first expose in 2014, it's just not on and it's it's not fair. And as I've always said, like Irish people or Ireland, you know, we we pride ourselves on looking after our graves and our, you know, we've blessings of the graves and all of these things. And mm. while that's going on, running parallel to that, we've got hundreds of children lying in mass graves across the country and it's really, really not on. It's just shocking. Mm. And, and, and I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it often puzzles me at times. Despite the weight of public opinion, the great work you and others have done in bringing this out into the open and reporting on it and creating this wonderful programme and more besides, despite all that pressure and people getting up in the doll and calls for this and debates on TV and radio, it just, you'd despair, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, no, I mean, it really, really is tear your hair stuff out, you know, it, it drives you mad because I think as well, and, and, and to be honest with you, I'm always afraid that this is never going to happen because what if you do excavate that grave and there isn't 796 children there? I mean, you're opening then another 20 to 30 years of searching for where, well, what actually happened to them? Because mm. at the moment we've allegations of falsifications of death certs and children being trafficked. We've no evidence of that yet, Jerry. but I wouldn't rule it out because, I mean, anything went on, you know, to just did what they fancied themselves, yeah. the, the nuns and priests at the time, and it wasn't just a few bad apples in Ireland, this was happening all around the world, so they had connections to each other, they fancied the families that they gave the children to, so God only knows what happened, so I'm always afraid that it's never going to happen, but it has to happen, it's mm. so, so important, and again, you know, even getting the nomination, while the survivors and families of these children, they don't really care about awards and things, what they care about, as you said, is keeping the spotlight on it, and, yeah. and a nomination does keep the spotlight on yeah. it. It does, it certainly does. And by God, you raise such a question there. If 
if yeah. if you know that other scenario emerges where do you go from 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 that point in time but look at you you've done great and others as well and and keep the light shining on it and this yeah. is another opportunity to do that it's a great honor it really is to be nominated for the Royal Television Society TV Journalism Awards and may I say to you again well deserved and keep on trucking Oh, it was a team effort, Jerry, and I'm I'm delighted, delighted, you know, with yeah. to be involved. So thanks a million. Not at all. Lovely yeah, to catch you today. It. Yeah, absolutely. We'll keep an eye on this as well for sure. Take thank care, Alison. Thank, thank you for joining bye, me. Bye bye, bye bye. That's our own Alison O'Reilly there. The missing children. It is a wonderful, wonderful accolade. Now it's time to have a chat with our doc on late lunch. Dr. Kate McCann is the lady behind MDoc Health lifestyle medicine and she joins me on the show again this month Kate lovely to talk to you once more Hi how are you? I'm really really good I want to ask you first I'm sort of catching up here how did your walk with a doc go uh, uh, at the end of January there? Well it was a great morning it was brisk and it was sunny not a great turnout but you know what it's the first one and I think it's just a matter of getting the word out there a little bit more that people know that it's that it's out there and that it's free. It's, it's once a month. You don't need to register. Um, and we'll try and circulate the information out a little bit more. We'll do it again in Ashburn um, end of the month. Great. Have you a date for that yet? No? The 27th of February. The 20, 27th of February, 10 a.m. Ashburn. And you can get information at Walk With A Doc. The information's there, yeah? It is, absolutely. Very good. And it's, look, it's only taken off. You're getting going and this is, is a... Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to build, I'm sure, for you as the uh, uh, the weeks and months go by. Now, look at you are all into lifestyle medicine. I'll just remind listeners, you were working as a working doctor and you decided to step back yeah, during the, well, before the pandemic, but then during it, to content- concentrate more on people's lifestyles and how we can live a life health-wise that actually prevents us having to engage with the mainstream uh, doc or hospital services. So, today you want to concentrate on the whole area of our social connections and relationships with others. Why so? Well, it's it's absolutely fascinating that, um, and I think most people are at a level already aware that during the pandemic, how being disconnected was impacting our health, our mm. mental health and our physical health. And the studies are out there that have been done over, over the years, even pre-pandemic, showing that if we're lonely, if we're socially isolated, that it impacts our health. The risk of, for example, of having cardiovascular disease, so that's a heart attack or a stroke, and it goes up by as much as 50%. If you are socially isolated, that's it's as big a risk as smoking cigarettes or abusing alcohol. My, oh my. Now, that is an eye-opener or a near-opener uh, as well when you hear something like that. The stats say that. So it is so important for us to have a social network and relationships with others. Um, and, you know, uh, when you talk about that, we've come through a time where that was restricted. People are, uh, at the moment, and I want you to address this, you know, yeah. having had two years of restrictions, you know, yeah. some people have run out there and reconnected with everybody. But what do you say to people, Kate? You know, there is a little hesitancy in quite a, a portion of the population. What do you say to them? So I, I say there's a, there's a couple of things to do. One is um, a lot of people have worked their way out of their schedule. So my main take home would be 
is to schedule time to connect with others the same as you would schedule any other uh, bits of your self-care. So, you know, the time to go to the gym, that time to do the shopping for the healthy eating, uh, scheduling time to, to go and, and, and connect with other people, hanging out, uh, meeting up for coffee, that's just as big a part of, of self-care. I think the other thing would be to, to highlight would be that in, if you are having trouble reconnecting your community, circumstances may drastically have changed during the pandemic. Um, that there are uh, resources out there to help you. And that's one thing I'd be keen to touch on today would be something called social prescribing. Okay, what do you mean by that? So social prescribing has been done in Ireland for going on 10 years now, though it's, it's, it's rapidly growing. And it varies from community to community. But we, but it's such a big part of health that if you're having trouble, if you're finding yourself isolated, if you're finding yourself lonely, if your social network has, for whatever circumstance, broken down, you can actually ask for help from your GP, from your public health nurse, or a community health worker, or a number of organizations like Alone, and they will put you in touch with, uh, with a, a link worker who will help get you back into a social network. And these can be things like men's sheds, GA clubs, garden clubs, you know, anything that gets you back into the community and connecting with other people. So yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, in the past there would be in people's minds. You can understand this. God, yeah. if I went to my GP and mentioned yeah. something like that, he'd be certainly saying there's something up with me. But that's not the case. You want to get that message out there? Absolutely not. You know, so you, you can go to your GP and just say, look, I'm interested in social prescribing. Now, in certain, you can actually self-refer yourself. You can go on to, you can you just Google social prescribing. There's an A2C website. On the A2C website, it has a list of resources. And it varies. Now, it does vary community to community about, like, how it works and what's out there. So it, it will take you having, uh, having a look. You can do it yourself, but if you want help, absolutely. Your public health nurse, your GP is someone who can, can put, you in work and put, uh, put you in touch with a link worker and can help you do this. Mm, that's really good advice today. I've never been aware of that, I have to say myself. The other thing is, you mentioned there the gym and hanging out the coffee dock, and people have got out of routines where they met mm. friends socially and things like that. Yeah. Are you saying to people today, it's time to reconnect, to get those things up and running again? This is so important. It's based on your comfort level. Now, we still have people in the community who are vulnerable, mm. and they're not ready for indoors. Yes. And um, so it, it the, the new normal may be not normal for some people yet. So uh, it might mean making go to, making a little change. You know, if your friend isn't ready to go inside to a coffee shop, maybe meeting them outdoors for a walk um, and meeting people halfway at the moment to where their comfort level is or where we have still members of our committee who are still vulnerable and they're not ready to, you know, maybe die indoors yet. Mm. And what we're talking about here again is the human connection, the personal yeah. touch, yeah. not Zoom or not phone calls or not texts or WhatsApp, not that type of stuff we're not talking about. That does nothing for you or does it help in any way? It, it certainly did when we were restricted. It helps. It's, it's all part of it. Um, you know, you're, that you're, you're going to need, in this day and age, you're going to need that text communication that, that, and that virtual communication, stay in touch with people. It's all part of it. But um, I think most of us are that, that larger group experience of going out with a, with a, with a larger group and finding that social connection. Um, we are by nature, you know, social creatures. We don't get that same, that, that same um, support um, virtually.
Mm. What about, you know, the person who sucks the energy out of the room? The one that, you know, brings the show down from the very beginning and that, you know, people say, oh, my God almighty. Are they to be avoided? Are they somebody that'll take down that figure of 50 percent, you know, uh, uh, less likely to have a major trauma? Well, you know, I, I, I suppose the social network that you choose to build is, you know, is is, is what you choose to build. Uh, I, I've always heard there's a lid for every pot, and so I'm, I'm suppose if you're not comfortable in one group, you might find another comfortable the group that you're more comfortable in. Would be my hope. I love that. There's a lid for every pot. I'm putting that into my book of sayings when I write it because <laughs> that's a lovely saying. It really it really does. But you know what I'm saying? They say that uh, upbeat, positive people, you know, that you mix with them, They that rubs off on you as well. Yeah, it is. Uh, I suppose the, the thing we don't want to do is, is tell everybody that, you know, it, not everyone's ready to be happy. Mm. Um, and, you know, and sometimes those people, sometimes people who are dealing with a lot of people who need the support around them as, more, as much or if not more than other people. Mm. And so it's a fine line. Uh, we don't want to be, you know, you, know, you can't, you, you don't want to be, you know, pouring into a relationship which is draining you. Yes. Um, but um, at the same time, we don't want to just cut off everybody that, you know, might be at a place yeah. that just needs a little support right now. It's a, it's a balancing act. And human relationships are very difficult to navigate, mm. you know, and as we are trying to reestablish friendships and connections, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a minefield and it's very difficult. Human relationships are never easy. You know, um, you, you, never easy is right. I'm just thinking of one aspect of it. You know the way people have fallen out. You know the term yourself, yeah. fallen out, especially yeah. within yeah. families as well, where yeah. it can get very, very difficult indeed. That eats away at people, doesn't it? Is, isn't it really like to, And I know, I know, jeepers, there's fallen out for good reason as well. But mm. it, it, th- that can't help your health either. No. No, um, you know, positive, you know, positive psychology goes along with that social connect- connectedness, and they're, they're very, they're very closely aligned. That when we are um, happier, when we have purpose, when we're, po- when we engage in positive psychology, that we are healthier and we have better relationships. It's all, it all is connected. Um, and I'd say if someone is in a very, in a very dark place where they're finding it hard to find joy, they're finding it hard to find motivation. If they're in that, 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 that dark place where they're finding it hard to connect with other people due to their own low mood or, you know, they feel like they just can't leave the house, that might be another, another sign to, to give a call to the GP. Um, sometimes we need a little bit of help to, to, move, to, to move on from, from um, you know, places of, of depression or anxiety. Um, and, you know, mental health is no different than physical health. If someone's having a sore back, if someone's having migraines, they have no problem touching base with their GP to help. And we should be just as as forthcoming about our mental health as we are about our physical health and looking for help. Yeah, because you mentioned the stats there with heart disease, for example, which yeah. is the physical end of it. But, of yeah. course, it is the mental side that is probably Absolutely. the greatest aspect of this case. Absolutely. And um, stress and anxiety... Um, stress and anxiety as well as loneliness, all of those factors. Um, there's this massive study done and published in Circulation last year, and it showed that, that stress, anxiety, depression, isolation, all these factors were broken down individually, but altogether they came in between 30 to 50% increase in risk of cardiovascular disease. So, in other words, if, if the mental side is challenged and you're struggling with it, there's a greater chance of a physical difficulty emerging. Absolutely. And, and, it, and it's like anything else. If you had high cholesterol, that puts you at risk for cardiovascular disease. Mm. 
you'd go to the GP and, and you'd start you'd start um, you'd start tackling that. And I think mental health is just the same, and it shouldn't be looked at any differently. And always to speak up because you know people often keep this tight within themselves, and when they don't have a lot of social connections or relationships, that all then festers as well. Open up, open up, and I know we say talk, 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 but it does help. It does, yeah. And you know, uh, we it's something we took for granted up until the pandemic started. Mm. That you know that we have all these circle of friends, we have our nights out, we have our places to go, and that. But look, uh, as you said, with caution and with those that are at risk, now is the time to start rebuilding again for the future, and we'll reap the benefits. It's an interesting part of of of, of the medical sphere that uh, has probably come more to the fore now than ever. And it's great to, that it is. Yes, I, yeah, and and I'm glad the pandemic has made us talk about it and, and highlighted. It's, it's, you know, in a way, it's it's a uh, it's one of those those strange side benefits of the pandemic. It certainly is. Kate, I'm going to leave it there for today. We have lots of other interesting topics to discuss. I see you're busy there on uh, online with lots of people contacting you, but we're going to come back again next month to another aspect of health. And as you say, taking it from the lifestyle uh, medicinal point of view, MDoc Health. Check this lady out, Dr. Kate McCann, until March. Thank you for joining me. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Dr. Kate McCann there. Something, look, when she said it to me, I, something never really dawned on me to think about how important our social connections and relationships are to life in general and our physical well being. It is a big, big point to take on board and to think about as well. But I understand people who are anxious and, uh, you know, COVID hasn't gone away. It's still there in our communities. I heard about new cases today myself as well. And people are not well with it. You, you, some people sail through it, others really struggle with it. So go easy on me. Coming to a concert hall near you, maybe, <laughs> Adele there with... <laughs> I played it to annoy you, Jerry. <laughs> She's lovely and our songs are great. I wish she'd just turn up for gigs. That's all, really. Anyway, I'm going to go easy on you now, Louise. Anyway, did you notice anything about today? Today, this day, this date? It's all the twos. Second of the second, 22. Of February. Two, two, 22. <laughs> of February. Yes, thank you, thank you. Of the month between January and March, please. Now, come on, leave that one aside. You're not going to do that all no, month, are you? Please, not. God. Don't worry. Anyway, Anne in RD was on to say she loves to receive a letter or a birthday card in the post and she keeps her birthday cards for up to a month. I know people keep them for years. People keep Christmas cards and that for mm-hmm. years as well. Um, what else was I to mention? A post, a P.O. box at Ardcat School, says Peter, and he's going out later to check the age of it <laughs> to see how long it's there, but it's still worth as well, there's quite a number of them across the uh, the region that are going back a, a long, long time. weren't we talking the other day about uh, electricity bills? We were, of course, on we the were. show, top of the show, and with bills in general, and bills in general with the Economist from EY. But um, I've just got my bill. I, it came in on the computer just before I came down. I clicked on <laughs> it. You look a bit flushed. <laughs> <laughs> Is it anyway, bad? Anyway, I shouldn't laugh because they give a comparison. Uh, I'm with board gosh for my electricity, as I told you before, because of the Tesco club card points. Um, it's 96 euro up on the same bill last year. Almost 100 euro up. Same bill, like for like, okay. a year between them. 
So there you are. The the the, the, the and the Tesco is it the same? Like that you spend on the well. What I do vouchers. is, I, as I told you, I convert my club card yeah. points, whatever I get in vouchers, they double up for this. So I put the credit in. That's helping me, and you know, alleviate mm. it in a way. Uh, but almost a hundred euro up on on the electricity bill since last year. But Louise, I have to mention this one. And Louise was showing me a driving test earlier on. Well, she passed well. first time with flying colours. <laughs> well, well, listen to this. Did you hear this one about a man in his eighties? He was stopped in a car park in Nottingham recently, and he's he's well into his eighties. He's driving seventy years, right? He was. At, we mentioned Tesco. He was at a Tesco Extra in Nottingham, and he, he was born in nineteen thirty-eight. He's never had a driving license or insurance since he was 12 and he's never been stopped by police and he's always been driving. How did he get away with How that? did he get away with yeah. He's driving a little blue Mini. I saw it parked as well. I can understand the driving licence because a lot of people that generation didn't have to No licence. No licence. No insurance since he was 12. What about tax? N- well, they didn't have to be You can't get tax that insurance. <laughs> he hardly that. spent on one of the other. Anyway, <laughs> he's never been caught up until now. He's never had an accident. Never been involved in any incident. Never stopped by police. But because of the increased number of cameras in the Nottingham area, they picked him up. The poor devil. And what does it? What happened to him? Does oh, I see he's off the road, road now. Oh. <laughs> Would anyone insure him? He's never had insurance in his life. What would his no claims bonus be? Oh, Jesus, like the poor fella. He's got you now. He's on his bike forevermore. But there you go. Anyway, I'm not saying you should have insurance. You should have tax. Years, but that's an incredible case. It's an incredible case. It really, really is. I'm not, I'm saying to you, you've got to have insurance for other road users as well. You've got to have tax and your car should be roadworthy. I'm not making light of that at all. But it's just one of those stories. How did he pass all the he police patrols? He must be just going up campus? and down to the I shop or know. the church or something. I don't know. And that's he's all he went. Anyway, he's driving and he told them and uh, never ever stopped before and the bloody cameras caught him. There you go. Lovely story. Tough luck, but you've had a good run, son. You had a good run. Now, my featured soundtrack this week is from the movie Lion King and... It's evident, isn't it, in the movie? Yes, more than 600 artists, animators and technicians worked on the production of Lion King. The character animators studied real-life animals in the wild, at zoos, and had renowned wildlife expert Jim Fowler work closely with them. The attention to detail was intense, relentless but it produced dividends. It really did. A combination of drawn animation, yes, with drawn animation and emerging 3D computer technology yielded amazing animated production scenes. And in advance of its release in 1994, and listen to this, the movie was only one third complete at the time, Buena Vista decided to release a trailer in cinemas with the entire four-minute opening sequence, Circle of Life. As you can imagine, audiences went gaga, couldn't wait to see it. It was a guaranteed sellout as soon as it uh, released into the cinemas and it really heaped even greater pressure, and they say this, the producers, to deliver a masterpiece that would meet the public expectations. And boy, did they do just that. One of my favourite movies of all time, I have to say. Today, from the movie soundtrack, here's Pumbaa, the warthog, and Timon, the, uh, what was he, the meerkat, yes, the meerkat, trying to reassure the exiled baby lion Simba that everything will be fine. Hakuna Matata. It means no worries. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful... 
beautiful phrase. Hakuna Matata ain't no peasant craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem-free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. No worries. For the rest of your days, isn't that just the dream? That's uh, living the dream, if that were the case. Oh, what a fantastic movie. That song just brings it all back. Wonderful soundtrack. And we'll be back to Lion King round about this time on Late Lunch tomorrow in words and song. And talking of song, well, we're finishing out with a song today from a quite brilliant man. Yes, he's Dundalk's finest. He's... Hit the headlines internationally, no surprise. New album late last year, fantastic new single. We're having a word shortly with Dundalk's David Keenan. He released his second album back in October last year called What Then? And it's just gone down so well in Ireland, the UK and right across the world. The Sunday Times said fans of Bob Dylan, Nick Cave, Laura Marling and Mike Scott will find much love in this album. Irish Mail, four stars, an epic album of the year contender and it's been lauded in Holland, Germany, Belgium. My God Almighty, I remember the day he came into the studio here with his guitar and I saw it that day that this boy was going to go far. Young man, David Keenan, welcome back to Late Lunch. Hey, Jerry, thanks for having me, man. Not at all. It's great to hear you again and have a chat with you. Well, 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 the shackles are off and you're back in town. I see Olympia, you're playing there on Saturday, sorry, I beg your pardon, Thursday, the 5th of May in the Olympia Theatre in Dublin. And then you're bringing it all back home to the Spirit Store on Saturday the 7th and a second date on Sunday the 8th of May. You must be gagging to get going. Gagging is right, yeah. Well, it's been two years in the making, those gigs. You know, the the, the Olympia was supposed to go ahead. Well, the, the last Olympia gig was 2020, January. So two years mm. in the making. And the Spirit Store as well, 2019 since I played there. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited. and can't wait to kind of test these songs with this new band. And uh, it's just great, man. It's just, you know, I... I it's it's something that's been taken away the live gigging and, and it's not just turning up and plugging in and playing songs you know it's, I, I just miss being in a room full of people like that and uh, yeah. so yeah grateful that Ah, great and you were terrific with Tommy Tommy Tiernan and RT last week as well and you could see the energy there that you're certainly going to bring to the stage shortly tell me the story behind will you please uh, the new single that song we're going to hear it in a few moments Beggar to Beggar yeah, well, I wrote that song years ago, actually, when I was living, when I just went to Liverpool. So I was still a teenager, I wrote that song, but I just never got around to recording it, Jerry. And um, I wanted to put it on this new record, but I just wrote it about, it's about having a more, really, in Dundalk. And uh, and then just characters that I met on the streets of Liverpool when I was busking. But um, essentially, it's about two friends just trying to, trying to find their way. And um, I, I think... You know, when I was busking in Liverpool, obviously, I was I was hanging around with people who were homeless and uh, yeah, they were good people. Uh, and it kind of dissipated any ignorance that I had as a teenager that, you know, that you couldn't approach these people and they had nothing to teach you. They had everything to teach me. And uh sounds about that. But when I say the pebbles you kick from the houses, that's just my heaven and more. If anyone's listening, it's from my heaven and more and knows mm. the, the cancer state in the dark and... 
little things that stick with you from stick with you from childhood, you know. But you can hear the kind of Mersey sippy skiffle sound in the song, I think. Mm. And that's from my time there really. Yeah, and you know, you're so right, David. You're told not to, not to engage in that. And yet people uh, go different roads in their lives and there's reasons for it as well. And we were all human beings and part of this human race as well. What was it like, you know, going back to the to the album and recording it, uh, you know, back home in, the, in, in, in Cooley, in the mountains there and close to your heartland? Yeah, it felt right. It felt like a full circle, like Black Mountain Studios was the first place they recorded music um, you know in a band as a teenager and uh, my father's grandfather had sheep up that mountain you know so to for all the travelling that, that I've done you know to go back to be looking over Dundalk Bay to make this record it felt like a full circle because you know as a young man some people would know of the taxi video and things like that I, I was trying to escape a lot of that because I was a young man who was confused and didn't know himself and was very angry and, uh, you know, all of a sudden I was viral or whatever you want to call it, or fungal, or whatever you want to call it. And, and uh, I think after that happened, a lot of people around me thought, well, he's missed the boat now, he's missed his chance. And I was just, pro- uh, I was determined to prove that I was more than just a young guy half cut in, in, in the passenger seat of a taxi and that I had songs and I had a story to tell and, and uh, I had a fire in me. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's Given me the life that that I have, and uh, I suppose any young person listening with a guitar just wants to express themselves. Just just keep fighting for it, you know, because it will look after you if you look after it, you know. Hey, the boat's never gone. There's always a way of getting onto the boat, yeah, and you, yeah, yeah, you've proved that point. You're on the boat. By God, is that boat sailing all over this world now for you? I'm delighted for you because. You're one of the real good guys. But uh, anyway, the album is selling well, but the st- we want to mention the gigs. It's very important. The Olympia Theatre on Thursday, the 5th of May. David Keenan headlining the gig there and then bringing it all back home to the Spirit Store in Dundalk, the 7th of May, Saturday, and the 8th on Sunday. They're going to be unbelievable gigs. Any quick uh, other plans besides these? What are you writing still? What are you up to? Yeah, I'm writing at the minute, Jerry. I'm in Barcelona at the minute doing a bit of writing. We're working on the next record and uh, I'm doing a couple of festivals. I'm going to Geneva at the weekend for a festival there. Um, and then bringing it back home, coming back to Ireland and rehearsing with the band for these gigs. Um, look, life is good and you know the head is good and the heart is good after the, you know, last year. And that's the most important thing. Exactly. Um, when you look after the head... Uh, everything else a byproduct of that flows much much easier so uh, I'm very grateful to be doing these gigs and and thanks for all your support and thanks everyone in in Lowe's and and Dundalk for always getting behind me Um, you know as I said you can travel but when you get it from your own people it's uh, it's a beautiful thing so that's special and you deserve it by the bucket full enjoy Barca and all that's ahead of you and we look forward to you appearing back home here in the month of May and we're going to hear what it's all about now the latest single from the album What's Then it's called Beggar to Beggar by the brilliant David Keenan God bless you David take care thanks Sherry take care bye bye like it's a removal Still the dogs bark their disapproval You say one thing and I believe you Beggar till I beggar cried I bless two coins on your dead eyes And I'll read the passing All I'm saying for 
David Keenan and Beggar to Beggar finishing off your late lunch today he's some talent he really is Spirit Store in May locally if you want to go and see him anyway that's a lot on late lunch this Wednesday afternoon Eddie Caffey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio on tomorrow's show, when I just consult my notes here, I turn the page, I have to go back. Yes, we are talking about a very serious topic, bullying in the workplace on late lunch tomorrow. We're joined by the celebrity solicitor, Richard Grogan, and Sally Morgan, one of the most famous psychic mediums in the UK, is also with us on the show. Have a lovely evening. Take care of yourself. Celtic Rangers this evening. Oh, what a match. I can't wait to see what happens. It is the Derby of Derbies tonight and I will be tuned in. But anyway, have a nice Wednesday, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Stay with us for Eddie. See you tomorrow for Late Lunch, 1.30. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jordan and Dogan Cavan. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sandero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.